Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Here's a secret, you can pass it around. Here's a secret, you can pass it around. My head in the clouds, hands and feet on the ground. Here's a secret, you can pass it around. All right. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, and I... Am Mike, listeners, we are coming to you in a bit of chaos. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we were supposed to start this a half hour ago. I have a, a sick kid home. Literally two minutes before I was supposed to jump on the Zoom, she exploded with projectile uh, vomit. It was chaos around the house. Danica had the mm. baby. I, these guys were like waiting. Normally, this wouldn't be an issue. We would just say, hey, let's push the pod. It's not a big deal. But Shane, we got a million things going on with the sketch show. So there's meetings happening there. There's times we got to hit. More importantly, Max is like, I got a hard out at two. We all know Max is a big busy guy, Arkells, a lot of things going on, a new single coming out. Uh, 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 so what you're getting today, this is my way of telling you, this is our way of apologizing. You're probably only getting a half hour podcast today because we've all been sort of mired in chaos leading up to the show. Best half hour of your life though. <laughs> what, what, okay. Well, let's, let's talk about Maxi. What do you got? What's your heart out at two? Share with uh, the people. They want to know. It's confidential. I can't, I can't do uh, Band sorry. related though. Band related, right? Not even. Extra oh, curriculum. wow. That's, yeah. that's even more intriguing. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, the whole uh, thing. Yeah. But it's exciting. It could be cool, but I can't tell you about it. <laughs> so it's it's just about you. It's not even about the band. It's just your. Well, life? Nick is involved a little bit, and uh, maybe somebody else. Wow, maybe mm. a couple other people. Mm. I don't know. I'm always mm. up to stuff, though. Mm. You know? hmm. You are. You never stop moving. You're like you know how sharks don't uh, don't stop. They sleep as they free fall through the ocean. You're like a shark that never stops moving. I do nap a lot though, and sleep a lot too. So. Like, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. But I imagine you're dreaming about the next big thing you're going to do. Yeah. It's like how sharks, even when they sleep, they're still moving. Mm-hmm. So you're coming up with probably <laughs> some of your best ideas in your sleep. I'd like to think so. Um, so what's been going on, guys? Uh, uh, you know, this is like I said, this is going to be a short pod. So let's get to it. Actually, Max, I wanted to, to mention I I was hanging out the other night with mm-hmm. um, with Dan Hamilton, who we all know is a good friend of all three of us. And he was with uh, your old roommate on Arkell Street, mm-hmm. uh, Dutchie, Chris Dickinson. Mm-hmm. So what was fascinating about this hang is I was with Dan, I was with Chris, and then Jay Kelly and Mike D'Angelis from Arkells obviously showed up. Here's the thing. Max, every time you've hung out with sort of us, you know, 
our group has this longer shared history. So you always are like, have to listen to our stories. Like, oh, me, Shane, Peak, or Greg and Dan and me, or Greg and Shane high school, all this stuff. You sort of are like learning about our shared history. Mm -hmm. For the first time, me and Dan were in the minority as far as shared history. So I listened to multiple stories <laughs> from Chris, Jay Kelly, and Mike D about that house on our Kel Street. What did they say? I don't remember any of it. Uh, lots of really funny stories. They specifically were talking about this prank war, I guess you guys got oh, in. yeah. Where it was like, it kept escalating and escalating to the point where Jay Kelly, you guys moved his car somewhere mm -hmm. where he couldn't see. And he came home with his girlfriend at the time and you'd thrown all his, his stuff from his car on the lawn and basically he was like, where's my car? And he goes like, oh, I guess it's stolen. And he's like, I've got to drive to like London tonight. And he was having like hyper, it was, it was like, you know, it was really affecting him. Mm -hmm. And then he was about to call the police. And then I guess you guys all explode laughing and yeah. tumble all over the place. And Mike D was like, yes, it, you know, it went too far. And then Jay was like, I was so upset that I started immediately plotting my revenge. Yeah. But I realized, like he said, he was starting to plot like Chris Dickinson. He was going to get, have him kidnapped. He was like, I've gone too far. So he, <laughs> so he basically had to bring the pranks to an end, but that way it was a funny story. What do you remember about the prank wars? I, I just remember, and I can't tell, I can't remember who it was, but somebody ended up hanging out in the shower for like seven <laughs> yeah. hours waiting for somebody to go to bed. I think they wanted to scare Dave and then Dave just like, or maybe they want to scare Chris and they're like, okay, when Chris goes to brush his teeth, I'll be in the shower and I'm going to scare the hell out of him. And then I think Chris like didn't even brush his teeth that night or something like that. This is, you have a good memory. So what I learned was Jay Kelly was the guy hiding in the shower for eight okay. hours. They, Dave had to send Chris in. It actually still scared the shit out of Chris mm -hmm. and in retaliation, that was the car theft. That was Chris doing that because of the eight hours in the shower? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and they had lots of really funny Mac stories. You know, you haven't changed in, what in was two the decades. Mac story? Anything you can be told oh, on the squad? Nah, you know, just classic stuff. They told the the hat one with your your conductor hat that you were obsessed <laughs> with, and everybody was everyone basically admitted that they didn't understand what you were doing fashion wise, but no one wanted to say anything. Actually, you know, speaking of hats, um, I went to the Blue Jays game yesterday, and to, today at the game, there's going to be a hat giveaway, a floppy hat giveaway. And wow. I brought those back into popular fashion last summer. Do you remember last <laughs> summer I was wearing floppy hats a lot and they were kind of in again? Do you remember that, Shane? You brought that back. I didn't that know that. That was me, sing, oh. single-handedly. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. But I guess I have a history of wearing interesting floppy hats because book club Maddie was at the game and he was said, are you responsible for the Jays floppy hat giveaway? And I thought he was referencing <laughs> my style last uh, summer. And I'm like, no. And he goes, legit, the first thing I remember about you, this is when we were 10 years old when we first met, was you wore a floppy hat to the first practice. And I thought this was you giving yourself special treatment for being the coach's son because my dad was the coach. Mm, the so I've yeah. been always wearing stupid hats, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be a fashionable guy, Max? Good question. The yes and no. Because I take chances mm -hmm. and I'm memorable. And I think that's part of being a fashionable person. But then I don't have like the subtle, just everything is quietly working together kind of fashion sense that like a Mike D or uh, Sean uh, Dawson would have, who are also very fashionable guys. You know what I mean? The, the stuff you wear on stage, is that even part of your fashion vibe? Or do you just consider that a completely separate entity? And you're like, oh, that's not my real life. That's not my fashion. That's just mm. stage theatrics. That's more stage theatrics. Okay. You've never worn what you'd wear on stage out in public. 
Maybe it depends on the oh, thing. Okay. But yeah. But like like on the street, like do you stuff when you're on the street though? <laughs> <laughs> Have any of us ever stuffed? <laughs> I'd be scared no, to be no spotted stuffing. Because you know when you're um a kid and you get acne a little bit, you get your mom's makeup out and you try to like cover everyone's done that, right? Yeah. I I didn't do cover up. No, I, as an adult, I've done it, but I've never done it. I never did do it as a kid. And because in the lighting in your home, it's fine. But then the more sterile lighting of some school rooms, like a science mm, yeah. room, you get busted. And then there's always one mean kid who call you, <laughs> who will call you out. And it could be like that with stuffing. You look in your home mirror, you look perfect. <laughs> and then in schools, in gym class, wearing shorts and be like, oh my God, is Shane stuffing? And then it could just go around yeah. that I stuff. Did this happen to you, Shane? No. No, theoretically, <laughs> no. I'm just thinking if it can happen with the makeup, it could happen stuffing. So it's a bigger risk if you stuff, I think. The I rumors flew around the school that Shane wears makeup and also had elephantitis <laughs> of the testicles. Yeah. Yeah. Too big can be a problem, too. Yeah. You got to be careful. <laughs> what else is going on? Well, well, what's yeah, happening? to follow up on uh, the Rage Against the Machine concert. Oh, you went. I went. So I went on Saturday. And, okay. Uh, I got to say, it was a very cool experience going Ooh. with um, Matt Savelli, our friend Brent, and The Nut, who all grew up being obsessed with Rage Against the Machine. They're a few years older than me, so they would have been a little bit more in their pocket. And they're all angsty teenagers. I think, you know, The Nut and Savelli went through a lot in their young life. So I understand why they'd gravitate to that, that kind of like heavy, screamy, angsty kind of music. Um, and... I got to say, the show was amazing. I maybe recognized two songs, but the energy in the room uh, was actually so joyful and happy. Like people there were just like so elated to finally seeing the, their favorite band. And some people are like, oh, I saw them at 99 in the gardens or I saw them at 93 in Lollapalooza. And, you know, this band has been, you know, not really functional in the last 20 years. They played the odd reunion here and there. Um, and... I was talking to Brent. I was like, after the show, I was like, I have so many questions. You know, you kind of understand like the sort of uh, command that Zach De La Rocca has. Because when, you, when you're not really paying too close attention to him, you're like, oh, there's a guy with the dreadlocks. He's screaming a lot. Okay, I don't know. But when you see him on stage, and by the way, he couldn't even move on the stage. He was, um, he was carried out by two guys because I guess he like broke his leg after the first show in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so he did Couldn't not he just get a wheelchair show. That seems a little <laughs> diva esque. Like two men just carry him out. It'd be cooler if he just had a little wheelchair, right? Imagine if he was on like that thing that a like, like, like old. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it's a good point because guys just carry him out. I think the more theatrical diva thing would have been like, make me a hilarious throne in the way Dave Grohl did it. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you know, drive me out in a fucking convertible onto the stage like something but it was just like two stage hands just beginning of the show picked him up put him on some road cases like he didn't have like a a throne or anything and then the end of the show they came out and picked him back up and (laughs) carried him off the stage it's very funny um but it was cool and you know he's so they all look really good this is another thing is that it's like when you see a band that hasn't been torn for 20 years like how are they going to look the band is all sort of like fit and sort of like the best looking versions that you could hope for a bunch of guys that are like in their mid fifties. Um, and also, I don't know, like just the combination of Tom Morello's guitar playing, the rhythm section is really good. The sound of his voice. Uh, it was cool. So I, I left the concert with like a million questions and a, and a newfound 
respect for that band. I also, it kind of reminds me of, you know, sometimes people say like, you got to see Arkells to really get it. That was me and Rage Against the Machine. It's about the same thing. I've, I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but see, didn't I tell you? Did you not want to be screaming, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me by the end of it? By the, that's exactly what I wanted to do. It right? was so fucking cool. It was so awesome. How's the stage banter? I, like, I None. can't imagine them being funny in between songs. No, no, no. Actually, like, a guy, though, did try to run onto the stage and stage dive off the stage. This is towards the very Wait, end. Wait, you you were there for this? I was this there went for that. viral. So I you, saw that it, was yeah. the show you were at. That was this was the guy that he tried to dive. He accidentally hit Tom. Tom oh. tried to like step out, or the, the security guy hit Tom. That's how yeah. it went down. The security guy was chasing the guy who was trying to stage dive, and then hit Tom, and then Tom fell off the stage during the song. I, you know, it happened pretty quickly, and I it, I was a little confused. And then Tom was just like, "Let's start from the top," and then they just started from the top of the song, and it was kind of sick. Mm-hmm. But um. Okay, but it leads me to a question I have for you two. And this is kind of a fun game. And I don't know if we've played it yet together, but I'll bring it up again if we have. Is I think the reason why I hate, or I thought I hated Rage Against the Machine was the idea of rap rock metal was so unappealing to me. I'm like, oh, like all the other bands from the 90s in that world, I think are mostly junk. And so there's this game when you got to think about the, the musical tree. And think about the musical tree has a lot of branches, right? And each of the big branches is like a very important, influential band. So one branch is the Beatles. Another branch is, I don't know, say Led Zeppelin. Another is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Which branch would you cut off? Not because you dislike the band, but you hate all of the imitators that the band uh influenced over mm-hmm. uh, because and all the little branches that are coming from that big branch so it'd be very easy to say you know what i love rage against the machine but i hate all that i don't like limp biscuit and 90s rap rock so i'm kind of so as much as i love rage against the machine or you could say you know i love pink floyd but stoner rock eh, boring i hate all those bands that uh, every every like high school that tries to start a, like a pink Floyd, like the influence they have or sublime or whatever it is. Is there anybody that comes to mind that like, Oh, I actually like the band, but I hate most of the other stuff that came from it. Hmm. That's a tough question. You're saying Limp Bizkit isn't its own branch. No, I'd say Limp Bizkit would be a smaller branch. I'm from kidding. The of no, okay. course. <laughs> okay. They're terrible. Uh, although effective, <laughs> that music good. was effective. Also really good. Yeah, like they like I don't know, man. You you know when music works, but like Rage was always a cool band. Limp Biscuit was kind of like I don't know, a weird bizarro version of the Backstreet Boys. Even when they were their most popular, <laughs> most people were like, "Oh, fuck those guys." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like but Rage was always it's kind of like the Beastie Boys post like sort of that 80s that first initial burst like kind of settled into a very cool pocket post mm-hmm. like mid 90s or whatever. And I think that yeah, it's interesting, but it's a good question. I mean, we'd have to think of like a band. Do you, you can say the same thing for like comedians and stuff too, right? Like, oh, yeah. it's like I love Jim Carrey, but anybody who tries to act yeah. like Jim Carrey annoys well, it's, me. It's like Tim, uh, Quentin Tarantino. He's a great mm-hmm. director, but when he came out, every fucking movie after that was so annoying because mm-hmm. everyone was trying to have like uh, that innocuous dialogue that's kind of clever. Like movies would just insert a, a portion into that and some movies would try to make their whole movie like a Tarantino film, like Boondock Saints or things like that. And and they got really into non-chronological like storytelling. Yes. Because Quentin jumps around in Pulp Fiction. A bunch of people, there was a lot of imitators afterward and the movies weren't as 
nearly as memorable. Some were really bad. Boondocks, weirdly, is one that is beloved by people. Yes. Like it's like its own cult yeah. thing. And the, the making of that film is amazing. I think it's called Overnight. It's one of the best documentaries yeah. just about the director of that movie and how egotistical he is. Uh, but there is, oh, a scene in, I think it's not Under Siege, but there's a Denzel Washington film where he's like in submarines and stuff. Everyone should YouTube that right now. They inserted a hilarious <laughs> Quentin Tarantino-esque dialogue sequence, just thinking that it would catch on in the way like Pulp Fiction did. They thought that scene <laughs> would so be Which popular. movie? Boondock Saints? <laughs> no, it's a Denzel no. Washington ripping off Tarantino, and he's talking about Silver Surfer. Like, I don't know if we have to look it up, but it could could be fun to uh, to watch. But it's just stupid ass dialogue. Denzel's character is now like pontificating on pop culture in like a way that Tarantino can write very well, but reeks of imitation when other people attempt to do it. <laughs> That's good. Are you looking it up right now, Mike? I'm looking up. So, yeah. Oh, Crimson Tide. Isn't Gene Hackman in this? Who's in, who's in Crimson Tide? I, I think yeah, even, it's Gene Hackman. Yeah. Gene Hackman. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't recall the scene that you're talking about, but I am going to look it's, it up. Uh, it's laugh out loud funny and embarrassing and the, the earnest way in which they do it is is really cringeworthy but um yeah mod seems like a band do you remember them there goes the boom ready or not did you remember that single oh pod <laughs> pod sorry <laughs> <laughs> mod was the show on much music yes, much on demand pod yes yes that's correct yeah <laughs> but that was a band i thought was at one point competing with rage and could be like rage but then they just <laughs> fell off that was a big imitator of rage but yeah i think rap rock it has to be rage yeah, is the cool be. version and then all the imitators are terrible what about something like like what what did blink 182 create that spawned oh, a bunch of stuff like because it's not really punk in the sense of like like the sex pistols or you know post it's kind of like this weird i mean we call what it a, pop a punk. lot of good stuff came out of that though some 41 i would yeah. think is influenced by blink 182 mm-hmm even using like no, the but, but you know what? There is a whole. I mean, some forty one is excellent. How do we feel about uh, what? Are, what are the the Maddens? What, what's the Maddens? Oh, band? Uh, good, Charlotte. good Charlotte. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were a good band. Oh, Little Things is a good song. There's some great shit that was imitated uh, that that came from Blink One Eighty Two. But but basically, a, a lot of Warp Tour is so brutal. Like you could say, like you know, you like Dashboard Conventional, and like oh, that's actually like a good band. All of that stuff that follow dashboard confessional is so or fallout boy. Any of that shit is so fucking brutal and so terrible, <laughs> you know, follow uh, boys. Good though. Right. No, follow boys. Great. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I'm saying that, the, and this is the thing about anybody who's sort of at the top is like, they're usually really good, but it's just like, they spawn the imitators. I think a more interesting, I feel, first of all, to circle it back, I feel like you have an answer, Max, cause you asked us, which means you've thought about this and I want to hear your answer. But I was going to say, is there a band that is an imitator that surpassed maybe their, 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 their inspiration? Mm. Like someone that came out of a movement that, you know, maybe isn't as good as the, the originator, but you're like, actually that band's fucking better. They improved upon the weird Al. <laughs> you say that in every he's podcast. <laughs> He's what? You know who I'd say actually is. Um, no, he's copying other people's songs. And in a lot of cases, he's more popular than. <laughs> he's yeah, anyway, literally but, copying. This. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a joke. Um, I'd say the uh, one example, and this comes to mind because I was hanging out with our friend Liam, who plays with Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon opened for the Strokes. When they first came out, they were considered mm. the Southern Strokes. And now you can make an argument that Kings of Leon is way more popular. Not way more popular, but has... Uh, is more popular than the Strokes. It probably sells more. Who tickets do you think's a better world. band? 
Strokes or kick uh, cold? Both pretty good in different ways, but I take strokes still. Mm-hmm. If okay, if it was late at night and you've had a few drinks and you're getting nostalgic, <laughs> who would you rather put in your Instagram story? Strokes <laughs> or King's Lynn? <laughs> no, but you know what? There, no, there's answer lots me, of- Max. I'm serious. Who would you rather put? I know the answer. Depends, depends on my mood. No, you told me strokes. But after hanging out with Liam, I, I think about the Kings of Leon. I'm like, man, their catalog is pretty good too. See, I don't think I don't think what I did was that uncool. <laughs> He's still a little weird. <laughs> Shane's ob- Shane's referring to the time he posted a thing, and then Max uh, shamed him about his choice in music. <laughs> um, well, I think I think um, Caleb has a more like his voice is obviously like mm-hmm. all world, very powerful, very unique. And uh, Julian from the Strokes is like like Julian would never like get to another, a second round on American Idol, Caleb actually would have a shot. Like there's Mm -hmm. something that's about the technique in his voice. Do you know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. is like very undeniable. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The uh, any directors that uh, come to mind? They, okay, so we said Tarantino, but uh, or comedians that you're like, oh, this guy's great, but I don't like people that try to be that. Robin Williams, like same thing of Jim Carrey. That's if somebody's doing that sort of thing, it is mm-hmm. it does get a little much. Well, hey, speaking of movies, I I don't know if Shane, Shane has seen it yet, but I, are we allowed to talk about Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie? Mm-hmm. That I saw last week. And sure, you saw it too, yeah, Mike. I did see it. We- Mike's not a fan. We'd have to do a huge spoiler alert. I, so they, we need to clear some stuff up here. Uh, huge spoiler alert. We're going to do it? Let's talk about it. Yeah, nope. let's do it. All right. my, my assessment of Nope coming out of it is that it's a good movie. It's hard to make a good movie. It's a really good movie. However, with Jordan Peele, I go in there expecting like, I don't know, something like, um, tan- like something profound in a way that is like the way that I felt when I left Get Out that that opening night I, i've been kind of searching for that and i like us his second film more than most people because mm. that is mixed as well uh this one was a good movie it's hard to make a good movie there was tension and all this stuff i just didn't give a shit in the moment of truth about the protagonist and i realized that i'd sort of spent a whole movie spending time with some characters that didn't really add up to much it's about these two siblings but there's not a lot that like sort of like 
that sort of reveals the, their relationship. So there is a moment of sort of potential sacrifice or not. I'm not feeling what I think I should be feeling. And that ended up being distracting. Also, there were some interesting tone, tone choices and some characters that sort of splashed in in the third act that I was like, is this a caricature? What's the what's he doing here? Um, so that's kind of how I felt. I walked out of it being like, yeah, that's a good movie. No reasonable person will go see a movie and say that was a bad time. I just think that like for him, I wanted more. So that might be more on me uh, than it is about the film that Jordan Peele made. Because Max, I would love to know your thoughts. And I think maybe you share what a lot of people feel about the film. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was better than us. I liked, uh, it was a little, start off a little bit slow, but uh, the cinematography and like the landscape of being almost like a Western, right? Like you know, a lot of horses and open fields. I thought that was sort of, I didn't expect him to necessarily go there. And and some of the supernatural stuff I normally don't like, and it turns me off, but it held my attention. Um, and I think he's a great comic writer as well. And 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 the choices he made when it came to like getting a laugh here and there, I I didn't think like took me out of the film. Um, and also in thinking about yeah, what you said off the top, like you know what is what is he trying to say about the movie? That was the question I had at the end. I was like, okay, was he what is like the the symbolism of not looking at, again, spoiler alert, not looking at the terrible flying saucer that's going to eat you up. And if you don't look at it, then you'll be spared. What does that say? And I've heard that it's kind of about the idea of like looking at like disasters. And the more you like look at all the disasters around the world, the more maybe susceptible you are to being the more part of the problem you are basically. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting sort of, uh, allegory. Uh, so I, so I thought like the smart part kind of did pay off when I thought of the movie like that. Um, but to your point as well, and I was talking to book club Maddie about this is that like, I think sometimes we all try to give artists like a lot of credit for like, Oh, cause when you use the color orange, that's really what it, I know what you're trying to say there, the color orange. Okay. And then a lot of times it's like, uh, no, I just like happen to like the color orange. Like half the time musicians are like writing lyrics like, oh, were you really trying to comment on uh, the Cold War? It sounds like you're trying to comment on the Cold War, Max. And I'm like, no, it just kind of rhymed, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wonder with him sometimes where it's just like, no, he just wants to make an entertaining, good looking, rollicking, fun, scary shit. <laughs> that That's enough in itself. I, I like, and obviously I read about the film after, cause like, I do think Jordan Peele is a pretty, in, he's a, he's an intentional filmmaker. I do think he is thinking about these things. I think he's laying these things out. I think he's, you know, and yeah. And you know, like I, I read the think piece in the Atlantic and there's like a review in Vox that sort of like laid out what he was sort of trying to say about our obsession with, um, filming and capturing things. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the, the protagonist, you know, he's got a flip flow and he's kind of outside of what we're all doing. We're into deep spoilers now. So hopefully you've seen it if you haven't seen it. And Shane, I hope you don't mind you to give us your blessing. But, you know, in the last third there, when like the TMZ guy shows up and he's faceless and it's like, you kind of, anyway, I just feel like, um, I think in general, it's like, I, listen, there's a good chance I'm too stupid to understand what a lot of filmmakers are trying to say. And so if I'm not getting Jordan Peele's thing off the top, that is not necessarily saying that Jordan Peele or people that like love cinema. That's probably saying more about me that I don't get it. And that's okay. Um, but I think in general, if that's the case and I'm not getting maybe the larger measure of what he's trying to get across and I got elements of it, I didn't put it together in a way that a critic was able to sort of uh, uh, put together nicely. I at least want to give a shit about Mm -hmm. protagonists at the moment of truth. Like that scene when he's looking at, you know, his sister and they're having this moment. I'm like, I don't, 
like I'm fine. I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of along on a monster movie and that's okay. And so it's like, I need to care about the characters deeply or maybe I can be like pulling something profound or intellectual from what I'm watching. That being said, like all of it was like, it's a good movie. I don't think anybody walks out of that movie and says, I want my money back at all, you know? And that was kind of the first thing that, that I said when I got out of the film. Um, but I also don't think you should have to go and read like the Atlantic or Vox to understand what a filmmaker's making. He would argue and other people would argue, well, I fucking, it was entertaining as hell and had a good time. So actually if I didn't want to search for the deeper meaning, then it doesn't matter because I got to see, you know, dudes run away from a spaceship on a horse and it was compelling and thrilling in the moment. And so maybe it succeeds on that level. Shane, you've taken this all in. Yeah. What's your take? You have a, you have a good theory. Yeah, I just think he is the M. Night for our generation. He came out with Get Out, which everybody loved. And then, so Get Out is his sixth sense. Then Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really liked Unbreakable, but not everyone. Okay. And so that was M. Night's second film. And that is his Us. And then the third film, M. Night went for Signs, which is a alien film. And then that's what Jordan's doing here. And then that's when M night was kind of like the beginning of the end. People were pretending they really liked signs a lot more than they did. And then he just <laughs> fell off. It's like that with the show survivor too, where everyone's in for season one, you get a lot for season two, some hangers on for Colleen. season three. Yeah. Oh, Colleen. Colleen was so good. She was season one or two. I think she was, she was one. one. She, oh, she ended up with Robert Elizabeth film. season two. Oh, I, Elizabeth yeah. Hasbuck. Yeah, I loved her. Um, yeah. You're right. Uh, but anyway, um, it's <laughs> season three. I couldn't even tell you who the attractive woman was. Me neither. That, and then <laughs> by season four, yeah, you don't even know what it's about anymore. And I feel like Jordan is on that trajectory. I will so say, though, that uh, Jordan has a track record with uh, Key and Peel for writing profound comedy, really like high level sketch comedy. Uh, that probably separates him from M Night. Like his social commentary, right? Would you you'd say is like a little bit more respected and has a career? Oh, so respected for sure. I don't. I've watched Key and Peele though. I'd say it's really awesome filmmaking and awesome sketches, but I don't think it's profound. Maybe there's some commentary, but it's very overt and in your face. I don't think it's profound. I guess it depends on mm-hmm. your definition of profound. Yeah, I might like, not know. Yeah, I, know throw it around. I might not know what profound means. <laughs> <laughs> prolific um, means a lot. Profound means like a deep. I, or I know what prolific or, 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 means. Yeah. yeah, so many people use pro- <laughs> prolific incorrectly. It's when you do a lot of uh, material in a short period of time. Yeah. Well, that's I. I, I I only did those two because we once were at a dinner with a, a prominent person with a lot of money, and they kept using prolific wrongly they oh, thought yes. they were using it like profound you remember this <laughs> of Was course I there? I, i've noticed no i don't want to say the person's name but i noticed because this person <laughs> has a tv show too that they're always <laughs> saying how prolific people are when they really mean profound <laughs> yeah so, so he'd be interviewing someone he'd be like what you just said was very prolific. It's like, no, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this person? Can't we say. just kept having our drinks and they kept saying it. And afterward, <laughs> when we were Ubering home, we were like, like, you caught that, right? Mm-hmm. We were like, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> I, I didn't know if you were going to say something. Like, you can't be rude. The dinner was on him. Okay. Last thing before we wrap this up. Um, I made a TikTok yesterday. It kind of went viral. Define was, viral. Let me look at this. Well, it's, you know, let me, let's look it up. It has... Uh, Let's see. We better be over a mill here, Max, or else what are we talking about? It's got 200,000 uh, views, but also good. 265 shares and 300 comments. So like the engagement's good. This is when my, your niece comes over? Yeah. 
You, isn't this a repost? So basically, no. This is it's 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 the same from a series. So I, I've oh, okay. uh, this is a sequel to an earlier TikTok where I was singing a song to my bored fifteen year old niece. My question is, she's unemployed at the moment. She kind of wants to get a job. Uh, it turned into <laughs> Ash and I going, okay, we're going to find you a job. And then for the next hour and a half, Ash wrote her resume and a cover letter while I was like just desperately trying to have a nap. I was like, I was like, I want to help this kid get a job, but I don't care that much. And Ash is like furiously typing for like an hour and a half, just like making the thing sound as if she could get into like an Ivy League school. It's like it sounds that good. This is a 15 year old who has no job experience. She's volunteered at a farmer's market and she's babysat. And then she's like, like I could read you the thing. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, really. Um, and then I had one job, which is, again, Emma hardly did anything. Uh, then I'm like going into Emma's email. I got in touch with Craig's cookies. I was like, yo, Craig, hire my 15-year-old niece. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. I the, the, My one job was to type in the email address correctly to Craig, like info at Craig's cookies. And I, I spelled it wrong. So oh, I got to no. bounce back three no. hours later. I, have, I looked at my computer and her email was still open. And I was like, oh, I didn't even do the one thing I had to do. Um, so I guess my question, though, is, is 15 too young to be uh, telling uh, someone, a young person to get a job? Because I got a lot of feedback in the comments on TikTok saying, you're an asshole, let her live her life. She's going to be working the rest of her life. Let her enjoy her summer. What, what do you think? I don't like 15. as a, I, I was made to get a job when I was 15. I don't like that. I think it should be 18. I don't like jobs. <laughs> I, I hate work. Working's the worst, right? Like you don't work really, Max. Like you don't know what it's like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're it's, right. It's I not know. good. 15 is too young. And these jobs, they're actually harder when you're 15. Like I'm more scared of the jobs that I did when I was 15 to 18 than I am of the job I'm doing now. It's much harder. <laughs> like being a barista, the barista or whatever, that's so tough. And a lot of times that's the type of job you just start out with and you're dealing with cranky people and your confidence is being messed with and the way you look at authority. So there's like, nothing to be said about like learning good habits and working with others and all that stuff. Learn them later. <laughs> yeah. Still learn those. Those things are all good to learn. Just learn them later. Yeah. It's like, I guess what you're learning is how to show up on time, how to like keep a schedule, but yeah, working sucks. I didn't, I didn't really work work till I was probably like, 17 or 18 you're in school though at 15 yeah. you got schedule yeah. and learning how to keep it the, the difference is if you're in a situation where you need the money rather than it's a want then you have to work oh yeah i mean that's kind of what i ran into when i was like 17 18 i was like oh if i want to do anything i need money and <laughs> i'm not getting mm -hmm. any from my parents well she so needs all of a sudden i was 200 bucks for doc martens just give it to her job. give her mm. the money she has a rich uncle yeah what are you going to do when she looks up your net worth? <laughs> yeah. I did tell her, I'm like, Emma, I don't want to brag, but if I, Doc Martin sends me free docs whenever I want. Yeah. Just wow. lie about your shoe size. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that, right? Maybe she gets a job. Then I'll give her free shoes. They got to learn, man. Well, what, well, what, the, I mean, what, what, what do her parents think? Why are you on the case here? No, I just offered to, well, she was like bored. So I was like, do you want to go for lunch? And then she showed up and then we started talking. I think my, like her, my, my mom, no, sorry, her, my sister is her stepmom. So, uh, she's pretty happy with her behavior and all that stuff. That's uh, good. What was your first job, Max? I'm assuming at one point you did something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually I well, was, we know I, he's been fired from, uh, you've been fired from Eastside Mario's, but what was your very first job? My first job was, I was a, um, 
summer camp counselor at mm. Trinity Bellwoods Recreation Center. And I was also a rink guard. Actually, the previous winter, I think it was like 15, 15 or 16, I was a rink guard at Trinity Bellwoods Skating Rink. And uh, I don't even know how to skate, but I still got still got the job. Ooh, that's charisma, mm. baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta go. That's right. All, All right, right. Okay. it's a hard out. Uh, thank you for listening. Sorry, it was a short one today, but uh, but you know what? We did it. We got one out. Uh, thank you uh, to Ash. Thank you to Nathan Nash for putting this all together, uh, guys. It's a great hang. Maybe the best. All right. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.